welcome to the Adjustments Podcast. This is episode number 19. My name is David and once again I'm joined by Sean. Sean, how you doing? Yeah, feeling really good today, mate. We've got football back every week for the next six months. So uh, I'm in a good mood on this Friday. How about you? Yeah, not too bad. I didn't stay up late and watch the uh, Hall of Fame game because it's normally the third and fourth stringers. But uh, you're going to tell me you stayed up and watched all of it, aren't you? You know, I'd love to. I got told I wasn't allowed. Um, she said it was ridiculous. So, um, no, I didn't stay up, but I caught up this morning. Um, you, you seen the highlights? Yeah, yeah, saw the highlights. Some uh, some nice bits in there we can uh, talk about later, but um, wasn't allowed. Is that um, you're going to call the wedding off? <laughs> Well, I don't know, mate. You sort of do what you're told, don't you? I'm sure I'll get a reward later. So, um, yeah, got, got can't stay up to watch uh, the Jets' third stringers against the Browns' third stringers at 2 o'clock in the morning on a Friday. So, uh, yeah, probably the right choice. So, the uh, the last two weeks, we've discussed our overall rankings for our quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs and tight ends. We had our own separate rankings and kind of discussed the differences, and, and we published those on our, our Twitter page as well. This week, we're just going to be covering a large amounts of news so far in the league. We'll cover a couple of trades that one of us has completed this week and also a specific player's current trade value because I think there's a bit of controversy around it right now, but we'll, we'll get to that later on. But uh, as we said earlier, football was back last night and, and we'll cover some, some bits from that as well from the uh, fantasy-relevant players. But first up, as always, the news. Over to you. Yeah, so the first bit of news was a um, bit of breaking news last week, wasn't it, with Joe Burrow and he sort of hobbled off whilst we were recording. So... Um, could have been really serious, but it turns out it's a calf strain and he's looking at several weeks out. So probably best case scenario, wasn't it really? We thought it could be quite a serious one, but I don't think it's one to mess with. He's still going to miss a bit of time. So, I mean, he's going to be ready for week one, do you reckon? Um, I think him, yeah, I think that he'll be, he'll be out there week one, whether he's fully ready or not. I think he's going to be out there, but, um, similar to last year, I think he missed, uh, camp last year cause he had the, uh, appendix, didn't he? But, um, just to go back to the Bengals camp so far, the highlights that I've been seeing have all been Jake Browning. There's not been anything from Simeon. It's all been Jake Browning, the highlights that I've been seeing. So maybe they've got something there in Jake Browning. Who knows? Yeah, I must admit, though, I mean, Burrow, he's, he's hurt that leg, but he already had a compression sock just on that leg. So it doesn't make you wonder if there's just an underlying issue with his calf. And, you know, yourself, once you once you ping it, if you uh, rush back soon, you can just let it go again. So it's definitely one to... One to watch because, um, yeah, it's not a great start for Burrow, is it really? Have you been seeing uh, any pickups of Trevor Simeon in, in your leagues? I've not actually, yeah. I think, think in one. What about you? Yeah, I think there was a couple. And uh, I think in the Warrior Bowl, someone may have picked him up as well. But, um, yeah, not for me. Yeah, I assume that's someone that's gone with Burrow and nothing else at quarterback and they've just got no other option, have they? So, yeah, I don't know if he's actually gone on... IR though, is he borrow? I, I can't recall. I don't see him being moved at all. I've not seen him go on IR or the pup, so I think they're just going to leave it and um, just kind of see how it plays out, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So, um, it's a bit annoying though, really, because if you are a borrow owner, you sort of almost want him on the pups. So you can chuck him in the uh, IR slot and then pick someone up. But I don't know if I'd be dropping another lad to get in Trevor Simeon, to be fair. Yeah, nobody's going to be uh, picking up Trevor Simeon and taking that seriously, are they? No, definitely not. Absolutely not at all. Speaking of um, the Bengals, it's not really news, but have you seen this video that was posted of T Higgins going around his house and looking at his trainers? I've not actually seen that, no. Was he got a few pairs I mean, of uh, Nike Dunks, has he? Yeah, it was a proper like MTV Cribs. He's like, this is where the magic happens. He's gone into his walk-in wardrobe type play. 
loads of Travis Scott dunks, like really decent shoes. Then he starts licking the bottom of one of his Air Force Ones. And I think you just got to adjust ranks a little bit there. He said he's never worn them and he can lick the bottom, but I don't know if you need to go out licking your trainers, do you? So any thoughts on that? Well, I own him in loads of leagues and now I'm going to have to stick him on the block because that's just unacceptable. You don't do that nonsense. Com- yeah, completely unacceptable. But in fairness to him, he's got about a thousand sets of trainers. So yeah, he probably hasn't worn them, but I don't know if I cruise into Foot Locker and start licking the bottom of shoes. You get funny looks when you say, yeah, bring him down a little bit, get rid while you can. I bet uh, I bet Deshaun Watson's uh, ears picked up when he heard that T Higgins was licking his trainers. <laughs> yeah. Especially with uh, DTR playing last night, but uh, we'll get to that shortly. The next piece of news, uh, David Charbonnet. It's not David, is it? He's the guy from Baywatch. Yeah, yeah, yeah great. Zach Charbonnet out indefinitely with a shoulder problem. So um, he, I think he's just come back, actually. But um, Kenneth Walker is still week to week with a, a groin injury, and there's not been a lot of updates. But I think Charbonnet made it back yesterday, I believe, uh, in a little pair of red shorts with a float as well, apparently. Yeah, I saw that because I think when this first came out, it almost sounded like Charbonnet was the the really serious one. He's out indefinitely and Walker was like week to week and he might be back. And then out of nowhere, Charbonnet's back and Walker's not. So I I don't know if we can read too much into this. I've got no idea. There's been no real update, has there? Um, I I mean, I was thinking that I'm out on Charbonnet, but if Walker's the one that's going to be out for a while, maybe Charbonnet's the value. But I mean, what's your thoughts on these two lads? I think you're just going to see their ADP move up and down as 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 injury news comes out about both of them, aren't you? I mean, Charbonnet's probably gone up in a couple of days and Walker's dropped, but still Kenneth Walker for me, really, there. Yeah, I feel the same, actually. I think Dynasty, the market's just so low on Walker that he's becoming a really good value. And I thought, yeah, I might start trying to pick him up. But yeah, just got to let this play out, I suppose, really, and see. But you're absolutely right. All, you, all it takes is a couple of little clips of Charbonnet catching some passes and you know, going for a running camp and suddenly the ADP moves a bit. I do do laugh at the running back ADPs though, because all these things you see in camp where they're running through, nobody's trying to tackle them, are they? They're not exactly flying in and putting blocks in. Of course they look good. It just it's all a bit weird. Yeah, I don't think you can judge too much until those pads come on and, and these early weeks are in T shirts and shorts, aren't they? So yeah. Not too much to judge really at the minute. No, definitely not. We'll have to see that play out. Um, but the next one, I suppose it's quite a big bit of news, but who knows what's going to happen with it. Jonathan Taylor requested a trade. Uh, lots going on with the ownership and agents, and we spoke about it briefly last week, but there was talk that he could be placed on the non-footballing injury list because of a back problem that he's allegedly had over the summer away from football. He denies it, said there's nothing wrong with his back. Then people start adjusting ranks on Zach Moss. He breaks his armies out for six weeks. I mean, what on earth's going on in Indianapolis? Yeah, I don't think uh, Jim Irsay's covered himself in uh, in any glory here this week. I think um, all the noises were positive until it seemed like Jonathan Taylor went and sat on Jim Irsay's bus with him, and then they've come off of there, and it's it's, it's all gone it's all gone haywire. But um, I don't. I, I think that. Um, Chris Ballard and um, Shane Steichen will be really, really disappointed with this because I think they want Taylor there. Taylor's apparently a really, really good lad as well and um, he's a good worker and someone they want around the building. He's quite high up in the franchise and one of the leaders of the team as well, apparently. So they're not going to be too impressed with what Jim Irsay's done when this didn't really need to come out yet. I think he's got another year and you could have just said, oh, we'll, 
we'll continue to um, back our players and, and the contract will take care of itself. You can just put out the positive sound bites and not sort of anger the player this this year, can't you? Yeah, exactly. You've just got to manage those conversations and clearly it, it doesn't really seem to care. And yeah, it's a bit of a weird one. I don't know if you read also this week that Jim Irsay is not paying Jonathan Taylor, but apparently he's paying 20 million quid to fly a killer whale across the country. I mean... I don't know where his priorities lie, but I don't know if you'd be spending 20 million quid on a whale when your running back's holding out. It's just a bit of a weird carry-on. Yeah, that whale's not going to be playing for your team, is he? So, yeah, chuck him back in the ocean and give some of that to Taylor, to be honest. Yeah, defensive end one. I don't, wouldn't mind a killer whale there, but uh, yeah, it's just a very weird, very weird timing of the story. I, I mean, I'm sure if you're a billionaire, you're doing all sorts of stuff, but... Um, in a week where everyone's slagging you off, suddenly you're this big philanthropist and, and freeing a whale into the ocean. It just, yeah, it's a bit bit, bit of a weird extreme uh, way of managing the message, I think, really. But I see um, you added Dion Jackson in a few leagues. Yeah, I like Dion. I like, I, like, um, I like Dion Jackson when I saw him last year. He's quite shifty, catches really well, and he knows the system. I know it's a new system this year, but he knows... He knows the Colts, and I just really liked what I saw from him last year, and he, he actually scored decent points for me in a couple last year, so probably a little bit of bias considering he's done well for me before, but he's just going to be one of the options there, isn't he? It's going to be him and Evan, Evan Hull and maybe the next guy you're about to bring up. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've had Dion Jackson in a few leagues over the years as well. I've sold him. He's one of those lads you can pick up and get a third out of him in off waivers. It's... um. I don't have him many places left. I think I dropped him over the summer, but suddenly he's had a little bit of a spike. I would be surprised if they go into the season with just him, though. And as you said, they've been bringing in lads for workouts and a name I've not heard for a while. Kenyon Drake popped up having a workout for the Colts this week. And I mean, you suspect if he looks reasonably OK, they might just give him a quick, cheap deal almost to put some pressure on Taylor, mightn't they? I mean, if only there was a, a running back out there that's a favourite of the show that can catch and it has proven to be a really good back in the NFL previously. You got anyone in mind? Uh, Mr. Mister Kareem Hunt is looking for a job, I think, still. so, uh, And I think, actually, that would be quite a good compliment for Taylor, wouldn't it, really? Um, he's not a bruiser, do some third down work. He's basically what you hope Evan Hull could be in the future. So, yeah, we'll, we'll get our boy a job one day. I mean, he is perfect because his pass protection is really good as well. And they've got the rookie in there. I think he'd be excellent for as a, as a third down back there, wouldn't he? Yeah, he really would. I mean, I don't, don't see it happen. I mean, Kenyon Drake, what's he now? 29, 30 years of age. Bit of a weird one, this. But, I mean, would you have any interest if suddenly they sign Kenyon Drake? Um, I'd say no now, but I'm guaranteed to be picking him up week three or something stupid like that. Yeah. You, I know you mentioned his age, but I think it's a little bit like dog years, running back uh, years of uh, vastly inflated, aren't they? So you say 29, 30, I think in running back terms, he's about 67. Yeah, I mean, saying that, though, he's not really been running to the ground, has he? I mean, he played, I mean, what's he got, 100 odd attempts over the last few years? He's not really been running to the ground. So, I don't know, dog years is about 72, but he could be about in year two in terms of carries. So, um, yeah, a bit of a weird one. I'm not really interested, but I'm sure that when everyone starts picking him up off waivers and Taylor holds out, he could suddenly have a bit of value, couldn't he? You know that you're going to be in week 12 and Kenyon Drake's the running back one there and you're going to pay a third to someone to try and win a league, don't you? I'll be selling him for a third and so will you. So, uh, yeah, maybe it's one just to try and get ahead because I think what, – what, what do we think is going to happen with this Taylor stuff, really? Because obviously he's requested a trade. I assume they're going to want serious capital. I mean, what did the 49ers pay for McCaffrey? I think they paid late first, didn't they, or a, a, a decent package. 
Taylor's a lot younger. I mean, they're not going to let him go for a, a later pick, are they, at all? Yeah, we were kind of speaking about this in our NFL group, wasn't we? I think any team trading for him, I think it'd be easy to get the deal done with him personally because you can do a, like we said in, in our chat, you could do a free for 36, 12 million a year, but you can you can backload that, you can do some as a signing bonus and it's probably worth doing for someone like Taylor where you could get two to three years out of him, but then you've got to factor in what you're going to have to pay for him. So, yeah, like you said, it's going to be something stupid like a first and a second or some sort of nonsense like that and people are just not going to do that for a running back, are they? They're really not. I mean, the only one we keep coming back to is the Chiefs and, and what do the Chiefs do here? And there's a bit of a a thing on um, Pacheco a bit later in the show, but they do need a proper running back there and the Chiefs pick is always going to be late. I mean, would you pay the 32nd pick to, to get arguably the best pure runner in the league? I mean, you can sort of see it, but then you don't really want to pay him, so it's a tough one. No idea what they do. It'd be phenomenal for the Chiefs, though, wouldn't he? Because he can catch as well and his pass protection is good. They wouldn't even have to take him off the field, really, would they? Exactly, exactly that. So they're going to be leading a lot of games. I mean, he'd just be incredible there. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think if you're Jonathan Taylor, though, I just can't see him suiting up again for the Colts. Why would he? I mean, he's had such a public spat now with the owner. The owner's been a bit of a knob about it. I mean, it could end up just with him holding out. Talk, they've put him on this... Uh, non-football and injury list and if they do it voids this year of his contract and could be in the same position in a year's time so it's all getting a bit nasty and I think you do need to start thinking about who could be brought in I mean are they just going to bring in a, a Lenny Fournette or a Zeke or it could be anyone I suppose couldn't it really I don't think there's any chance whatsoever that he sits out I just think it costs them too much money these days and I just I just don't see him do it he's still on his rookie deal as well I just do not see him sitting out so he's either going to go, go back there with the ump and and play or, or trade it, which is really unlikely. So I just think he ends up playing for the Colts, starting for the Colts, and and being who he is. I just I think he's stuck there. This is this is kind of the running back life now, isn't it? Yeah, sort of is. It's all a shame. I know we've said it a few times over the last few weeks, but at some point, someone's got to take a bit of a stand on this and and change what's happening because it's not right, is it? Really, that these lads just get treated like shit and don't get paid. And we mentioned it a few times. James Robinson's never really earned much coin at all, and you know, just bounced around the league for years. Philip Lindsay did it for a while, didn't he? He was, uh, I think, a running back one his rookie year, and then just bounced around as an undrafted guy. It's just, um, yeah, something's got to change. Whether it's Taylor, I, I doubt it, but. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah, 100%. So on to the uh, the next piece of news. So a guy that you and I quite like, Jameson Williams. Uh, he's apparently been a bit of a disaster at practice. Uh, punched an undrafted cornerback as well, as you do. You know, the helmet's on and they want to punch someone. So shows he's not quite bright. But um, Dan Campbell doesn't think he'll ever have good hands, which is, is a bit worrying in a wide receiver position. But the speed's all there. He's been running some good routes and he's been getting lots and lots of separation. But yeah, the, the hands have, have not looked good and he's not a natural catcher apparently. But Dan Campbell doesn't see it as a long-term issue. I guess we'll see, won't we? What do you think? Yeah, I sort of get what he's trying to say. I just think he's expressed himself a bit poorly, isn't he really? Saying someone hasn't got good hands when that's their job just sounds a bit shit. But I think he's, he's more or less saying he's not going to be Amon Ra St. Brown. He's not a volume player, is he? And, you know, they can scheme around it. But... Yeah, this stuff about punching an undrafted cornerback is just a bit of shit, really. I mean, you're a first-round wide receiver, yet to do anything in the league, injured for a year, banned for gambling, getting to camp, you're performing shit, and you start belting people that aren't even got a contract. It's just a bit of a... 
doesn't doesn't look good, does it? As, as his character, he's probably just frustrated at the whole thing. I mean, I'd like to think this cornerback was giving him a load of rubbish for dropping catches. Yeah, I assume that's probably what happened. To be fair, but I mean, would you swing and punch a lad in a, in a crash helmet? It just doesn't make him seem very bright when he's just missed a load of time of injury. Um, I don't know. I really like him. I've picked him up in a few recently. I just think you've got to see what what he is, and you're not going to find out until probably the later end of the season. I think if you want to trade for him in Dynasty, I think now is probably the ideal time, isn't it? His value's dropped quite a bit with all of this sort of news. And I know Alex was talking about it in our NFL group, mentioning his value at the moment, and it's probably his lowest right now, isn't it? I sort of agree, but I almost don't know because I don't think it's moved that much. I mean, his value, he was drafted probably at the 106, 107 sort of position last year, weren't he? And I don't think you're getting him for much less still. I mean, I wouldn't sell him for a second. I think your best bet is probably a second plus another upside rookie. But if you're gambling on another upside rookie, you might as well gamble on him. I don't know. I mean, what would you think his value's dropped to? Um, so mid first was what he went for, probably late first and like you say, an early second and an upside player. But the Lions are going to, they're going to actually try and make him work because of the capital they've got invested in him, aren't they? They have to. And I mean, looking at their target distribution last year, I think Khalif Raymond was their second highest targeted wide receiver. I mean, they need to use him. They've spent a lot on him. It's in their interest to make it work, even if they want to move him on at some point. So I do think when he gets back, they have to feed him. They can't just funnel everything through Amon Ra, although I do think he's probably going to get 180 targets this year, isn't he? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm quite big in on um, the Sun Gods this year, so um, I think he's going to be the number one guy there, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I do really like Williams. I just don't... We mentioned in our group the other day, first-round wide receivers, they just don't really have their value dropped after a year or so. Do their takes... I mean... I suppose the biggest drop is probably a Jalen Rager who was just an absolute disaster and, and his value is absolutely nothing at the moment. But otherwise, people like Jameson Williams didn't play at all last year, got one touchdown, I think one reception, and his value didn't move at all. So, yeah, I think the market perception of him is down, but I don't know if the actual value of what you need to pay is down at all, which is um, a bit weird. You've uh, you've done me really dirty there bringing up Jalen Rager. You know that brings back some dark times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> does for me as well we were both in on our boy Jalen Rager I think that was at a time where we were a bit um a bit less experienced in Dynasty and we took uh you know we chopped it up with uh Ray G and didn't work out did it yeah that just uh that started us on the uh on the path of realizing that Ray GQ is not quite all he's cracked up to be easy yeah and it might burn us again ironically because both of us are out on Quentin Johnson who's been looking quite good in camp so yeah, it's got us off TCU players completely. So we'll see if that is a good or a bad thing. Yeah, so on to you now with a couple of Bronco injuries. Yeah, so this one's a bit of a sad one, actually. So Tim Patrick um, went down in camp and it was a non-contact injury and you fear the worst, don't you? And very quickly it came out that he's torn his Achilles and feel really bad for him. He was looking like the best wide receiver in camp due to a lot of reports and just come back from an ACL injury and he does his Achilles. And what is he now? 29 he'll be 30 in the season missing two years with an ACL and Achilles that, that could just be game over for him in the, in the league couldn't it really yeah it is really tough on him because apparently last year he was flying in camp as well then got the ACL this year he's come back and he's apparently doing well again and picks up the Achilles tear so 
you just wonder now if that is him done, don't you? Because the Achilles is a brutal injury. It robbed him of their explosion. He didn't have a lot of that to begin with. But um, he's lucky, really, that he got paid last year, didn't he? So, you know, he's look, he's kind of doing okay contract-wise. But, yeah, this is brutal. Two season-ending injury, season in ending injuries in two years is, um, it is brutal, isn't it? Yeah, and I think also going back to contracts and stuff, it's why I don't really have any problem with players kicking off about their contracts. When you see someone like Tim Patrick, who hasn't really done much in the league, because he had that one season where he was quite useful, but he's not never really been a top player, and he's been paid. Uh, and somebody like a Jonathan Taylor can't get any money, and you've got Saquon, you know, had to battle. And I don't know, it just just shows, doesn't it, that certain positions get paid, and good luck to him. But yeah, it's uh, not good for him. I did have him in quite a few leagues this year because he became a really good value in startups he was going in sort of last couple of rounds and could have really paid off um i saw that you i think dropped him immediately i've slotted him in my ir just because I, I felt a bit bad for the lad um but i will be moving him and, and cutting him completely i think yeah i've got no sympathy in in actual fantasy football real life yeah fine but in fantasy football he's dead to me now and i got rid of him so um yeah, no, um, no empathy in actual fantasy football. Uh, I chucked him out for Quez Watkins in a couple, I think. Yeah, I, I saw that you. I think you cut him before the the news was even released. I think he went down, and immediately I saw the the sleeper notifications going. So yeah, ruthless. I quite like it. But linked to um, Tim Patrick, you start looking at the rest of the depth chart, don't you? And obviously you got Cortland Sutton, who I think is just a really unliked player in Dynasty, but suddenly he's got a bit of a, a value boost because he's very similar profile to Patrick. Should have been ahead of Patrick anyway, but people were just out on him in Dynasty. But suddenly, I know that you are a huge fan of um, Cortland Sutton, but are you interested at all? What do you reckon? Oh, man. So the start of last season, I thought that Cortland Sutton was going to bang. He, Russell Wilson had just gone there and he was finally a year removed from his ACL injuries. He had that one year, I think, in 2019 when he was tremendous and his quarterback was Drew Locke so yeah I was thinking Russell Wilson's coming in he's back to going to be back to his old self and it's time for Cortland Sutton to roll but um yeah he kind of uh face face planted a little bit didn't he and um I'm obviously famous in the uh in the dynasty well for trying to trying to get rid of him in all my leagues I still got him in a couple and actually now I'm, I don't mind owning him I think he's going to turn into an actual value this year and I wouldn't mind picking him up cheaper now but um yeah, he hurt me a couple of years. Well, yeah, a couple of last start of last year, big big Cortland upset me. Yeah, and there's been talk. I think you know, again, it's all coach speak. They've got to try and get the positives. And I think Sean Payton's been saying that they've seen um, elements of 2019 Sutton Sutton in camp. And I don't know how he'd know he wasn't there, but the right sounds are coming out, and it's definitely um, a value because I, I don't think I think you're probably going to have to pay a second for him. I, I'd possibly sell for a decent second. But I think a few weeks ago, you could have got him for near on nothing, couldn't you? It would be a third plus, but the, the value's changed a little bit now. Yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't mind picking him up um, for yeah mid-second or something like that. But um, I think he's going to be a really good redraft option this year as well, isn't he? Oh, definitely. That ADP will start start climbing. And another deep lad on the Broncos that um, I don't think I've never really been that interested. I don't think you have. And he's a weird one that... Again, has never done anything in the league, but people seem to like. It's KJ Hamler. He was talked about as a bit of a, a bit of a sleeper this year, and people were interested. And suddenly, he's um, he's been waived with some quite serious heart issues. Uh, I did read his little statement he put out, and obviously hope he's healthy and well. But this was a weird one, wasn't it? 
he's just never really been fit in the league. I, mean, I think he had an ACL. He's always had quite severe injuries and he's quite slight as well. He's just rapid, but I just don't think it's ever going to happen for him in the league. And, and now he's got these heart issues. You just hope that he's okay in his actual personal life and football doesn't really matter for him right now, does it? In fantasy football, he's dead to me, but yeah, in real life, you just hope he's okay, don't you? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. There's talk they they want to bring him back. It's like a, he, he seems to think he's going to be out for a month or so. But I don't know if I've got a, a dodgy heart. I don't know if I'm just going to get some meds and coming back in. So yeah, as you said, hope he's okay. But um, he, he's never been alive to me to be dead. So no interest at all. Yeah, if he's anything like uh, the doctors around our way, then they'll give him some antibiotics and send him on his way, and he should be fine. Yeah, you wouldn't get an appointment in Essex. I don't know about you, but um, you call up and oh, they're all gone at five past eight. So yeah. hopefully he's got a bit of a private one. Yeah, on to the next piece of news. So uh, the Chargers, Mike Williams, he's been used all over the formation more under Kellen Moore. Um, I think last year under um, Joe Lombardi he was kind of more just a deep threat and, and the contested catches uh, on the perimeters. But um used in the slot and used him in various more ways under Kellen Moore now in, in training camp. And he's been looking the part, apparently. They've had Quinton Johnston more on, on the go routes and more on the uh, the um, the posts and stuff like that. So, yeah, a bit of a change of role for Mike Williams. Any interest in Big Mike? I, th- I think in redraft to have, I don't really have much interest in Dynasty because he's at that sort of age where it's quite hard to to sell um but i think if you're a, a competing side and you need like a bit of a depth receiver he's probably a really good value isn't he because i don't think he's costing you a first he's probably costing you a second plus similar to i think he's basically sutton but better in a better offense with more of a track record so yeah i, sp- I suppose so what about you i know that you've not always been um a huge fan but you're sort of in and out a bit are you in now no, I don't really like Mike Williams. I never really have. Um, I don't like those contested catch guy. He was always really inconsistent. He's had the one really good season, but then he's always had injuries as well. So I've never kind of really been in on Mike Williams. I know that we had a start up this year and I kind of took him and everyone that knows me was like, oh, why are you taking him? You hate him. But I just took him because he was good value and, and possibly try and sell him down the line. But um, I think this news is interesting. So... What do you think that looks like for the uh, for the Chargers then? Does that mean sort of Quinton Johnston as, as the X and Mike Williams as like a slot flanker and Keenan Allen in the slot? How do you see that lining up? I mean, they've still got Everett there as well. I think that's, yeah, I think that's probably how it works out, doesn't it? And obviously, Eckler takes a lot of um, a lot of targets as well. So I, I don't know what the target share is going to be like because there's a lot of hype from Quentin Johnston and he's obviously the rookie. He should be the third option, really, but... I don't know. I think if you get him for cheap enough, I wouldn't mind him as a competing side. But if I'm not even remotely competing and you've got Mike Williams, you have to move him, don't you, as soon as possible. I mean, I've been offered him in a few leagues recently and they're leagues where I'm rebuilding. And I just keep saying to the owner, I've got no interest in taking on a 29-year-old Mike Mike Williams in in a rebuild. So, yeah, uh, I'm not overly in, I don't think. So he's not bad and not a bad pick up there in fantasy because he's literally free at the moment. And that's Joshua Palmer. I think he's actually really, really average and not that good at anything. But if you get injuries to Williams and uh, Keenan Allen, Palmer's shown that he can come in and, and, and do OK there, hasn't he? So Josh Palmer right now, I think he's free. I don't actually rate him, but he, you can't turn down volume in fantasy football, can you? Yeah, I'm the same. I've got him in one league and I can't quite bring myself to cut him. It's quite a deep league and... I keep looking at who am I going to pick up to replace him, and it is just a load of nobody. So, 
the only thing I suppose really, what is it going to be? Probably the fifth, sixth, maybe seventh in line. You know, it's going to be Keelan Allen, Mike Williams, Eckler, Quentin Johnston, Everett, then probably uh, Josh Palmer. So it's um, yeah, a bit of a pecking order, but people ahead of him have missed games over the years. So as you said, if they're completely free, chuck them on the end of your bench if you've got any spots and see what happens. Yeah, definitely. So next uh, piece of news, um, this was to do with the um, a Jets beat writer sort of come out and said that if they do sign Dalvin Cook, then he could see Michael Carter being the odd man out on the roster. So the other guys there, they see they tend to they seem to like uh, Zonovan Bam Knight as a, as like an all all skills all purpose because he can catch quite well as well. They've got um, Israel Abanakander as well as kind of a, um, like a home run hitter as well, and they kind of see uh, Michael Carter as being the odd man out and and could be cut or you know he wouldn't go to the practice squad because someone would take him. But um, yeah, they see Carter being the odd man out, which was quite strange for me as I think Michael Carter's a, a fairly decent running back, isn't he? Yeah, I felt the same. I just don't. I think he's quite disrespected. I picked him up in off the waivers in the Warrior Bowl because uh, I had Kyler Murray chucked him straight in my IR list and, and added Carter straight away because I thought he could get some early early season work and then all this Dalvin Cook talk. But I really like him. I think out of all the rest of the the group there, other than Brees Hill, he's probably the most rounded running back. As you said, you've got Bam Knights, the sort of grinder back, and. Abanikanda's the home run here. I think Carter's decent, really good in the passing game, used him quite a lot in his first season. I don't understand, firstly, why they're going for Dalvin Cook and why they'd bother getting rid of Carter. It's um, a bit of a weird one, but might be one just to monitor, though, because as you said, if he does end up being the odd man out and they get rid, you know, he might be picked up by somebody who might be interesting elsewhere. There's a few different spots around the league where he could get some work, I think. Yeah, definitely that. I mean... I mean, it's all gone quiet on Dalvin Cook going to the Jets, hasn't it? I mean, he was in there for a visit last week and we've not heard anything since, have we? It's a weird one. He seems to have been linked to everyone in the division. He was linked to New England initially. Then he's been linked to Miami. He was linked to the Bills. Um, Obviously, his brother's there and suddenly sniffing around the Jets. I've got no idea what's going on, but it does seem a bit quiet because he's not got a, a roster at the moment. What do you want? To, what do you want to be paid? What are we going to pay you? Come in. I don't understand why it's taking so long. Is he holding out for something else? I've got a feeling that he really wants Miami because I think he's from Florida as well, isn't he? I think he really wants Miami, and I just think he wants. I think the whole Jets thing could have been a smokescreen to get Miami to up their offer, and I just think he really wants Miami. And actually, I mean, I don't know enough about all the details there, but I think Florida's got a, a much lower tax. Um, rate as well so if you're a running back where do you want to be in, in New York where it's pissing down and cold in the winter or go down to Miami pay no tax live in the sun be the clear lead back I know where I'd rather be do they pay less tax in Florida because they've got a load of morons out there because you've got Florida man haven't you I, yeah I, I think that's exactly it I just don't think people care so yeah something like six percent tax I mean I've made that up but yeah I, I know what I'd rather pay so that's on record now six percent yep Yep, quote me on that. Um, but moving on to an incredible franchise now um, in the East. Jalen Hyatt is a lad that's um, divided opinions and I wasn't previously in. And when he was talked about as a first round dynasty player and then he slipped into the sort of third round of most rookie drafts and ends up at the Giants. And he's not the sort of player that we usually like, is he? He's just a really quick speedster and probably runs the nine route and that sort of thing. Um, but he's doing really well in camp. Uh, clocked a new camp record. He ran 24 miles per hour, which is, I mean, phenomenal. I think the NFL record something like 23.6 and uh, might have been Tyreek Hill. 
So he's clearly got some wheels. And I think the interesting thing for me and Jalen Hyatt is that his routes look a bit better in camp as well. And he also looks a little bit bigger. I know he measured in, I think it was 179 pounds, which, you know, at his frame, is a bit, it looks a bit gangly, but he looks to have put on a little bit of weight. I don't know if he's been re, re-measured. Uh, I know that you're not a big fan. What, what are you saying about Hyatt? Um, he's looked rapid in the clips that I've seen. I was never massively in on him anyway because a lot of his comps were Will Fuller coming out and I, I couldn't stand Will Fuller. So he has looked good though in, in what we've seen so far. I know it's only, you know, shorts and t-shirt and he's running around like that. But um, to be clocked at that mile per hour is, is amazing really, isn't it? And he does really look rapid as well. So he does. He's, he's needed on the Giants as well. I think they need that sort of player as well, don't they? I think they've only really got... Darius Slayton is that sort of threat, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. I mean, the free wide receiver set came out from one of the beat writers and it was Darius Slayton, um, Isaiah Hodgins, and I can't remember who else was there, but it wasn't Paris Hyatt. Campbell, Paris Campbell. Um, I forwarded that one. Yeah, too, I mean, you did. I mean, Paris Campbell would be the gadget guy, probably used everywhere. Isaiah Hodgins, the traditional X, and, you know, Slayton, the stretch Z. Um, so I, I still think we need to temper expectations. I don't think he's going to come out week one and suddenly get 10 receptions or targets. He's never going to be a volume guy, but you've got to pay attention when these sorts of things start happening because he really is shown out in camp. And even if it doesn't directly benefit Hyatt, I think where it will benefit is is the boy Darren Waller because I think if, if Hyatt's stretching that field at 24 miles per hour, he's going to leave a lot of that uh, sort of gaps and intermediate passes where Waller's just going to eat, I think. So it might be a lot of... Um, decoy runs from higher you've got to respect that and I think it just pumps up the um <laughs> the value of Darren Waller yeah I think Waller's going to be in in your uh, offense this season but don't forget you've got um 67 slot receivers as well so you've got to get those some work haven't you oh, I don't I, I don't think I don't know if Beasley's still on the, on the roster I've not heard anything I really hope not um, uh, I think he's yeah. uh, I mean he's currently rapping at the moment I think Cole Beasley yeah, I think think so. I don't know what's just made me think of it all, but I just remembered it. Jalen Hurd, have you seen that? Obviously, signed for New England um, within a day, caught one touchdown, then retired. So I don't know how bad things are up there with Mac Jones losing it about. But 24 hours after signing, he's, he's hung up his cleats forever. So, yeah, um, we'll probably bring him in next week. <laughs> Another slot receiver for the, uh, for the Giants. Get him in big slot. So uh, next in the news, another slot uh, slot wide receiver, one of the best, Cooper Cup, out with a hamstring injury, uh, looks to be missing a few weeks. Um, bit concerning, really. I've, I've picked up Cup in quite a few startups this year because I think he's just becoming an incredible value. We still think he's going to be unbelievable and get loads of volume there. But this is just uh, an older guy coming off a quite a serious injury and getting a few niggles, isn't it? Or we certainly hope it's just that. Yeah, I think you see it a lot, don't you? They have either have an ACL or an ankle injury, and you know, as they ramp up their work, they kind of pick up muscular strains elsewhere. We, um, it's consistent in athletes and and these sorts of sports like football and American football. So we see it so often. Always happens. He's likely going to be out a few weeks, but I, I don't see um, I don't see any sort of real danger for him for the season. I think he's going to be a volume monster, and, and if anything, it's your chance to, to kind of pick him up cheaper if you're a contending side, and I think he'll massively help you out this year. But um, who do we see sort of uh, coming in as the number two or three or, or playing the part? I've seen a lot of recall, uh, reports of Puka Nakura has been really, really good in camp, and, and Van Jefferson's currently the two, apparently. Yeah, I mean, Puka's a guy that we sort of touted a little bit as a bit of a sleeper, and I've got him in quite a few taxi squads at the moment. 
But I think other than Nakua and Van Jefferson, it's just a load of rubbish, isn't it, really? So I don't know. I don't think it adjusts too much. As you said, he's still going to be the guy until we get some more news. I think it is still the cup show. Um, but more and more, I think, you know, Tyler Higby becomes quite a decent value, doesn't he? Um, because there's just not much experience in that receiving game. And I think Higby is a really deep, tight end. If there is anything wrong with Cup, I think he's going to get a bit of work. But uh, yeah, it's um, still going to be the Cup show. Yeah, I think so. So on to some news from one of our sleepers, actually, both Sean and I. Sean, in fairness, alerted me to him and I sort of delved in further and further and yeah, I guess Sean moved me on to him. But um, Elijah Higgins, the tight end at the Dolphins, was sort of a wide receiver convert. Great high point uh, in, in catching camp and finally some positive news from him. We've been waiting a little while, Sean and I. Kind of been messaging each other every week. Nothing from Higgins yet, nothing from Higgins yet. And finally we get some positive news. So um, anything that um, makes our... Um, our sleepers look good. We're all over. So, yeah, are you happy with some Elijah Higgins news finally? I am. I mean, ignore the uh, the bad news and highlight the good news for the sleepers. That seems to how it works on Twitter nowadays. But, yeah. yeah, it was good to finally see anything from him, really, wasn't it? And I saw a few reports of people saying he's really slow. And I saw a scouting report on a roster breakdown on Dynasty Nerds that said Elijah Higgins is a, a very slow tight end. I mean, some of the stuff just isn't true. It just isn't true at all. He was the fastest um, size-adjusted player at the the Senior Bowl. I think he ran a four-five-nine at two hundred and thirty odd pounds. So, I mean, it's just not true that he's slow at all, really. Talk he's put on a little bit more weight as well, which I don't think is much of a surprise, is it? Really, if you're playing tight end, you probably do need to to ramp up from the high two thirties. If he's playing at sort of I don't know two four five two four six, it's pretty quite interesting news in a tight end room that's got nothing else other than is it Durham Smythe, I think so. Yeah, still one to watch. He's not as much of a sleeper, though, is he? He's rostered everywhere now. Yeah, I think people started picking up on the fact that there's not much else there for the Dolphins and in this uh, Mike McDaniel offense as well. There's obviously a chance for a tight end, isn't there? So, um, especially a move tight end like Elijah Higgins. So, yeah, I think people are in on the buzz now. We were in very early when we saw he converted on sleeper to tight end. I mean, nobody wanted him at wide receiver, but... You was in early, uh, to be fair, and you even told me that his position had finally changed, and then that's when I started picking him up. So, yeah, nice bit. Of- yeah, he was a wide receiver initially. He was, um, he was quite a value there, but as soon as he converts to tight end and that position changes, people start looking, don't they? But I think the same thing applies that we just said with the Giants. So you've got, you know, uh, Jalen Hyatt stretching the field for Darren Waller to eat. I mean, look at what the Dolphins do with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle stretching the field. There's going to be some you know, safety's dropping back and all that sort of stuff. And it potentially leaves some gaps open for a, a tight end, whether it's Higgins or not, who knows. But you just got to start projecting and looking at where these players can possibly get the work. And we'll keep looking out for positive news, I think, for our boy. I mean, where do we take him? Off of waivers or in the fifth? You're not even the fifth, some people, was it? It was just, he's purely a waiver ad. So there's a bonus there if he hits, isn't there, if you take him off waivers? Yeah, I think he was going in sort of the fifth in the tight end premium leagues for people that might have been a bit more sort of in tune but otherwise he was just waivers everywhere wasn't he I, I don't think I even paid a quid for him anyway it was all just um free waivers because I knew nobody was on him at all even if he hits remotely you're definitely getting back uh, you know a, a third I think for a decent tight end with upside so um yeah one to watch if he hits uh, as he could do with that profile suddenly you've got a really high value uh pass catching tight end on a on a rookie deal so yeah, you've got to try and look and, and see what these uh, these players could be before everyone else. That's how you play this game. 
Yeah, so nice bit of scouting from your team in uh, in Braintree. Have you, have you taken him to the to- Toby Carvery as a, as a treat? Yeah, I took him down the Astaire Grill in Whittam, actually. A really good Turkish. So, uh, yeah, a little mixed grill for the lads. They loved it. Um, but, uh, yeah, on to another big lad that divides people. George Pickens. Um, we've spoken about him a few times the last few weeks, but... He's uh, he's been a bit of a bully in camp and he's um, he's looking great at the contested catch point. And I saw this clip the other day. I think we had a chat in the group. Really good contested catch against the cornerback. And he, he gave him a bit of shit, didn't he? And sort of threw the ball at his face. It was all a bit a bit much. But um, I think you're a bit different on Pickens, though. What are you thinking? Um, I'm kind of uh, 50-50 on him, really, at the minute. I've got him in loads of rosters because um, I picked him up fairly cheaply last year in a couple and I liked him on potential. But um, I don't know. I don't know about the volume for him long term. And, I mean, we're going to talk about a trade later on, but I know I'll explain why. But, um, yeah, it's, it's just the volume there. They're not going to be a big passing attack deep either, I don't think, because Matt Canada's a bit of a terrible um, coordinator and I don't know how often they're going to be throwing deep. He didn't get a lot of volume last year. He was just very, very efficient. And the offense worries me. And um, Pickens doesn't have a real history of running a lot of routes either. So he could just be that deep contested catch guy. And that can be good, but he's got to get the volume in the right offense for that as well. And I just don't know if that's there for the Steelers. I like him personally. I mean, the ski mask picture last year, standing looking at his telly for me, was one of the pictures of the year. But um, yeah, I like him. Not a problem with him. It's whether his skill set can take him as far as it needs to and, and whether that's going to get blown up in this offence. I'm just not sure about this offence with Matt Canada and Deontay Johnson's obviously there as well. But, um, yeah, like, there's nothing wrong with Pickens for me as, as a player. Just maybe not so many roots on, on his tree. I know that people's you know, talk about Matt Harmon's reception perception and he doesn't register well on there. But, you know, there's always going to be contested catch guys that are valuable in the NFL, aren't there? I mean, do Andre Hopkins for one. Yeah, it's exactly that. And I mean, I was going to bring up the reception perception stuff because I think people just hang on that. And it's a very good metric and, you know, does some great work over there. But a player like Pickens just will never register that well on those sort of scouting profiles because he's not a route runner, is he really? And there is a place for these contested catch guys. And I think he's got the alpha. He's got that dog in him. If you did an x-ray, he's got like a, I don't know if it's a Labrador there, but he's definitely got something. I do quite like Pickens. I think He's probably got a similar value to Jameson Williams in that, you know, you're not getting him for a second, but I don't know if I'm overly comfortable paying a decent first. It's one of those weird ones. Who would you have over Pickens or Jameson Williams? Yeah, I'd have Pickens over Williams for me. Yeah, you know what you've got, don't you? At least Pickens has something. Williams is just pure upside. I think if you're a gambler, you might want to roll the dice with Williams, but at least Pickens, you know what he's got. Um, Does your mind change when I tell you that Deontay Johnson had to sit out camp the other day because he was a bit too hot? So now I regret selling Pickens because Johnson's finished for me. Yeah, agreed. It's, as I said last week, it's a hot world <laughs> and you've got Deontay Johnson sitting in the shade in camp. It's uh, it's not acceptable. I mean, Pittsburgh's not known for its weather. Um, so Johnson sitting out of practice because he's a bit warm, completely unacceptable. So yeah, maybe Pickens is a wide receiver one. So is this where you tell us that you've actually stayed in Pittsburgh before, haven't you? I genuinely have, yeah. I've been to Pittsburgh, um, been to the Steelers Stadium, been to uh, the the Pittsburgh Pirates baseball. They were my local team um, when I lived in West Virginia. So uh, I'll always have a soft spot for the Steelers. Don't know why. So it wasn't but, such um, a hot it's world. It's miserable. Wasn't such a hot world back then, though, was it? 
No, no, it was freezing, to be fair. So, um, yeah, I don't know what Johnson's on about. But, uh, yeah, I was wearing a hoodie. Uh, definitely didn't miss practice. That's all I can say. So, next up in the uh, news, we've got a two-game suspension for Ronald Jones for Peds. Um I don't know where to start with this because I genuinely don't care about Ronald Jones. So uh, do you want to take this one? <laughs> I mean, I don't care about Ronald Jones. I had him, I think, in one league just because somebody's got to be the running back two there. And I've seen a few videos of Deuce Vaughan and it genuinely looks like it's a joke. It looks like it's been made up. He's so small. Um, what's the other guy? Malik Davis, I think, is another running back. So somebody had to be the running back two there. So there was a bit of an opportunity. But I'm out on him. I mean, what I don't understand, a two-game suspension for Peds. What was he doing? Drinking Red Bull. I mean, two games just doesn't seem enough, does it, for, for Peds? I don't know what he's been taking, but it can't have been very good. So they've found out, oh, he's definitely on drugs. What, what do we see as a, as a rightful suspension here? Uh, two games, that'll, that'll put him off. Two-game suspension. Yeah. It's, I mean, he probably wouldn't have played for the first two anyway. I just don't... The way the NFL deals with these suspensions is so weird. There's no consistency because, I mean, for me, if you've cheated and tried to juice yourself up, two games just isn't enough, is it? No, not at all. No, see, like you said, it's clear cheating and and clearly trying to juice. And yeah, two game suspension. They kind of pull these numbers out of the air, don't they? Yeah, I mean, do you know what? They'll all come up with these excuses that they took like a dietary supplement that was for weight loss and all this sort of stuff. And it could just be a little technicality, but just on the face of it, it just doesn't look good. And I mean, this is a guy who's been crap his whole career, so I don't blame him for trying to juice up. But yeah, uh, I'll be cutting him in that one league where I've got him. It was a stupid ad, but um, I had a space and, and that's where we are. So I knew you wouldn't be in. So the, uh, the the sad thing for me is that he doesn't really need to juice because Malik Davis runs in the 470s for, for his 100 and the, and the other competition is, is a legit midget. So he doesn't really need to juice, does he? Yeah, and just on that Juice Vaughan stuff, it's hard because you watch the clips and he does look shifty, he does look quite fun, and he's sort of a player that you would want to do well and you see the clip of his dad who's one of the coaches and you sort of want to root for him. But, I mean, he's not just an outlier. He's five foot five. He just he cannot make it in the league, surely. Yeah, I'll wait till the pads come on and we see clips of him being smashed into next week before I make any judgments. Yeah, I completely agree in the way that it's sort of Michael Parsons has been playing in camp as well. It, it, it will literally kill him. I mean, I just don't, I don't see what he's, uh, what he's playing at. So uh, yeah, for me, uh, keep an eye on that though. Cause I think Jones probably was going to be the running back too there. They're still primed to add someone though. Maybe our boy might get a job. Uh, Kareem Hunt. Well, there's, there's lots and lots of talk that Zeke's going to end up back there. Jerry's not ruled it out. And, yeah, a lot of people are saying that he's just going to end up back there, Zeke, and it makes a lot of sense to me. It just depends on that number, doesn't it, and whether Zeke can swallow going back there when he's clearly he'd be a bit of a hit to his pride, won't it? But um, it just seems perfect for Zeke to go back, really, doesn't it? Yeah, it's the sort that they need, and it's just it's just a pride thing, isn't it? I think if Zeke can get another deal anywhere else, he'd probably take it, but... Um... Yeah, you might not have much of a choice the way the league's going, so we will see. So going back to, just quickly, um, um, you mentioned uh, Micah Parsons just now. Did you see the clip that we shared in our group of him nearly killing Dak as well? He's he's on fire, isn't he? Yeah, do you know what? I did see it, and I I sort of get it. You can't touch the quarterback. He's got the red jersey on. But I still go, oh, Dak, he was lucky to avoid injury. I mean, Dak's job is to stand there and basically get battered multiple (laughs) times a game. I mean, they get hit so many times, and... 
I don't know. I mean, he sort of folded him down a little bit. I don't know if it was as extreme, but looks like Parsons means business though this off season, doesn't it? Yeah, he looks incredible. I mean, he just he's so explosive, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he wants to be the MVP, the only defensive MVP. I, I it wouldn't surprise me. He's got the profile. He's a bit of a knob, but I quite like it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if you can be hitting the quarterback, though. We'll have to keep an eye on that because uh, have to adjust ranks if that carries on. Yeah, so talk about our boy Alvin. Alvin Kamara, yeah. So we're still waiting for news on this, but um, there was talk earlier in the week that Alvin Kamara was about to meet uh, the commissioner, Roger Goodell, to talk about suspension. And we've been saying for about 18 months now what's going to happen here. We still don't really know, but it's been confirmed that he will be facing a suspension and it's now just a case of figuring out how long and when. Uh, have you got any predictions on this yourself? I mean, it'll be a number that they've just thrown up in the air, won't it? So anything between two and six, I imagine. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I've gone with the six. I just think, I don't know, Ronald Jones got two games for drinking a Red Bull. Um, Alvin Kamara absolutely battered someone. I don't know if you saw the picture of the bloke's face, but it didn't look pretty at all. Um I just think, again, a two or three is just pointless. He's got to be a six. Um, but he could be a bit of a value in fantasy. Once this comes out, I imagine the value is going to adjust one way or the other, won't it? If he gets a two game, suddenly Kamara is really valuable. If he gets an eight to ten game, suddenly he's pretty much worthless. But, um, I mean, would you have any interest either way if this, uh, if it's a really long suspension? What are you going to do with Kamara if you've owned him? Um, I don't own him anywhere currently. I used to because I, I love him as a player, but I, I've not got him anywhere now. But um, I'd be tempted to pick him up in redraft if he gets like a six-game ban. But it's just at what point do you take him in a redraft, isn't it? Everyone kind of sits there waiting on the suspended guys and then someone takes them when they take a gamble early or not. But um, I, I really like him in real life. But I just I quite like the uh, the imaginary scene there of going to meet Roger Goodell and talking about the whole scene of why he kicked the guy's face in. And imagining Roger Goodell is sat there listening to it and, uh, yeah, trying to fathom why he booted some geezer in the face. You, just, you can just picture it, can't you? Yeah, I mean, we've said before, what are these lads doing? I mean, we've been to Vegas. It's a great city. At no point was I cruising about belting people in the face and kicking people. I mean, there's better things to do. So I think a lot of these lads, they come from sort of dodgy areas and probably still knock about a load of the old crew and, I don't know, you can sort of see it happening, but it just, I don't know, it, it just seems a shame. You're a multi-millionaire, everything ahead of you, and get involved in this sort of nonsense, and he's 28 years old. I think the only thing you've said before a few times on here, the thing that goes in Kamara's favour is that he's such a good receiving back that he's not quite going to be yeah. as dusty as like a Leonard Fournette or a Zeke, is he? He's still going to have work in the passing game, you know, for a couple of years, I would have thought. Yeah, he's in no way looked like he's lost anything either. I mean, I saw some clips from camp this week and he still looks as electric as ever so yeah I don't think there's a problem with him as a player is is there at all the only thing I would say though is that they brought in obviously Jamal Williams who's been uh, you know at worst just a really good red zone back and touchdown vulture obviously signed Kendra Miller who, who they're quite high on and if Kamara gets I don't know let's say is the worst case and it's like an eight to ten game suddenly do they need to use him if Jamal Williams is punching in touchdowns every week and Miller's flying? Might be one of these lads that might get a move later in the season, depending on how the Saints have been. Yeah, I think we said this a couple of pods ago, that if he gets a long suspension and the other two guys do really well, then he may well come back and the Saints decide to trade him because there's a bit of value in him, isn't there? And he's, I think his contract's up soon, isn't it? I think so. But um, yeah, definitely one to watch. I'm sure it will come out 
soon and you just have to make a decision once we know what this suspension is going to be but i'm sure either way he'll be chucked on the block everywhere as soon as this news comes out won't he 100 percent. so um on to the next piece of news so down at patriots camp hunter henry apparently becoming mac jones's go-to guy he's been a um used a lot in the red zone apparently he's slimmed down and, he, and he's also sped up a bit as well i saw some reports as well this week that he's looking as sharp as he's ever looked and he's looking quicker and I know this is all sort of camp speak, but I did see a picture of him the other day being interviewed and he, he looked more svelte, should I say, and maybe there is some credence to the fact that he is moving quicker and, and, and doing well. But he's always been kind of reliable, but um, yeah, he's been Mac Jones's go-to guy apparently and I just picked him up in the Warrior Bowl on waivers, so, and it's a tight end uh, premium league, so I'm quite happy with the news, to be fair. Yeah, and Hunter Henry's just a really weird guy to value because people just don't, like him for whatever reason. There's a bit of a group think on Gasicki. I know that we've both liked Gasicki and thought that he could be the guy here. He still could be, but definitely at the moment, Hunt Henry's getting all the all the looks. Is you know being focused on by Matt Jones, and I think you have to just keep an eye on these things because he's becoming a value. I've got him in a couple of tight end premium leagues, and I can't shift him at all, which I find just mad. I'm just going to sit on him because. If he's a bit of a touchdown guy next year, that has value in these tight end premium leagues. So, yeah, one to keep an eye on um, if you believe in Mac Jones. Is there any more believers in Mac Jones still out there or are they all gone? Well, where I own him, I'm a massive believer and um, I will sell for a very reasonable fee. So, (laughs) again, though, we've said it so many times. Mac Jones, I think he's becoming a value. We had a talk in the group the other day about the value of quarterbacks in Superflex and people are thinking, what would they pay for Matt Jones? I mean, he's still worth a late first, I think, in Superflex because you're not going to get him for a second. If you need a, a quarterback, I mean, he's going to be fine. The, the, this offense has to be a little bit better. I know that people don't want to hear it, but he's a starting quarterback in Superflex. I, I don't know. I would you pay a, a, an early second for him? No, I think the majority of starting quarterbacks in a, in Superflex start at a first. I mean, why wouldn't they? Just mm. that's that's the rules, really, isn't it? The unwritten rules that any sort of starting quarterback in Superflex starts at a first. I mean, you might be risk, you know, talking about back end guys like Ridder. That's not, and I agree with that. But the majority start at a first, don't they? I mean, you've got Purdy, Ridder. Uh, lesser guys maybe Tannehill might be going for a two now but you know there's maybe four or five lesser guys that that are not in the first conversation but most of them start at first don't they yeah exactly that and even the guys that you think actually should be a two it really depends on the the roster of the owner because if it's their quarterback two or three they're not just going to send sell him for a straight second it needs to be a, a two plus doesn't it so yeah, people don't like it, but as you said, that is the price of quarterbacks in Superflex. And in season, these quarterbacks that come out of nowhere, I'm talking, I, I don't know, a Gardner Minshew ends up starting for the Colts. He's a second straight away. So if he's a second, then a starting quarterback has to be a first. So it's a weird one, Matt Jones. The market doesn't like him at all, but he is a starting quarterback. He should probably still be a late first, but I, I just don't think anyone's going to pay that now <laughs> until he's... um balling out with Hunter Henry. Never never mind the market not liking him. We've got a couple of Patriots fans in our NFL group and they hate him. So, uh, yeah, I think it's uh, universal. Do you know, I think it's because on draft night he wore that crap suit. Like, wasn't tailored at all. Don't think he'd bother getting his trousers taken up. It was rubbish. So, he looked like uh, Harry Dunn from Dumb and Dumber. So, not, not really a play for him. Yeah, his real name's also McCorkle, which doesn't do him any favours, does it? 
Yeah, definitely not. So, um, yeah. Uh, but keep an eye on Hunter Henry because he's, he's a good lad and available where I've got him as well. <laughs> uh, next bit of news. I suppose it's a bit of a nice one. Um, John Mechie is now back at training camp after battling cancer. I mean, I can't remember. Was it leukemia or Hodgkin's lymphoma? It was like quite a serious um, situation for John Mechie. But, you know, even forgetting football, it's just good to see him back playing with a helmet on, isn't it, really? And um, I hope he does well. Yeah, it's nice to see him back. and There's probably a chance there at the Texans as well. I mean, he's looking at maybe a slot role and competition could be sort of Bobby Woods and, and Tank Dell and people like that. So he, he could potentially have a decent role on the Texans if he, if he works out. I mean, he was highly regarded coming out of Alabama. I know you quite rated him coming out, didn't you? I, I was never either one way or the other, but I think you quite liked him, didn't you? Yeah, I did quite like him as a bit of a value. I think he ended up going sort of late second in that rookie draft. Yeah. And I think that just became quite a value. And I think the way to play the Texans, you just take some pot shots on a few of them. And, you know, Bobby Woods might be worth a pickup off waivers. And, you know, I think Collins is the one that we both really like as probably the more natural X. But it's definitely a role for somebody to step up here and talk that CJ Stroud's looking really good in camp and, you know, putting in extra work. So, yeah, if he's healthy like to see him do well I must admit though I mean you've just been battling cancer just logically might struggle a bit he might not be the healthiest and I don't know how that affects your body I'm not a doctor but yeah just hope he can stay healthy and do well it'd be nice to see him uh, come back wouldn't it so the for me on the Texans the only potential certainties right now for pass catching is Nico Collins and probably Dalton Schultz at tight end isn't it and then the rest of it is chuck it up against the wall and see what sticks isn't it yeah, that's exactly it. And I think Dalton Schultz is missing some time as well. He's not, not been as healthy in camp. So, yeah, it's a few question marks, but I think that just creates opportunity in, in fantasy and take a few pot shots and see. And uh, Tank Dell, I know that initially we probably weren't in, were we? Because he's a bit small, but looking rapid in camp from what I've seen. And CJ Stroud seems to really like him and he offers something very different to the rest of that room. So just keep an eye on all of them and listen to every single thing you hear in camp and and post it in your league groups and sell players that way. That's what we do. So I wasn't initially in on uh, on Tank Dell because he's basically a midget, but um, I was really, really in on him when Sleeper changed his name from Nathaniel to Tank and his ADP dropped and people were getting him in the fourth and fifth and stuff like that. And I managed to snag him in a few leagues in the fifth. So, yeah, I was quite into Tank Dell when, uh, when Sleeper did that, to be fair. Yeah, you got a, that was a really big mess up on the ADP, weren't it, in rookie drafts? I don't think people were just completely ignoring him. He just wasn't showing up in the ADP list. So, yeah, I think you took advantage there. Shows that people don't scroll past the uh, the lads that are in the 999 at the bottom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so uh, always keep an eye on, on the ADPs and make sure you check your playlist is, is the one to take from that if Tank Dell takes off, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Just a quick one on Sleeper. Have you updated Sleeper now? I have, yeah. I did it the other day when the lads mentioned it. I've had a gut for. I hate it. Don't like it? I hate it. I, no, I, I don't really like change. I'm, I'm sure I'll get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not for me. Not for me at all. You hate everything. Um, I'll get used to it, I'm sure. But yeah, I'm a miserable gear. I don't like anything. But it's still by far the best app. I've got no interest in MFL and all these sort of things. But uh, yeah, Sleepy, you've let me down with this update. It's too much crap on it. I've scrolled along. They had baseball scores on there. I, I don't need that in my life. <laughs> You're so unhappy about everything, aren't you? You're not wrong. You're absolutely not wrong. Old man shouts at cloud. That's me. I'm up there with you, to be fair. I think this is why this works. But uh, let's get on to our next bit of news. With uh, This one's a bit of a worry for me because I own him in quite a few and there's no real clarity around the situation. But 
the Ravens are unsure when J.K. Dobbins is going to be back in, in, in training camp. And this is just for me. I just don't, I don't know what's going on. I don't know whether it's contract related. I don't know whether he's got more issues with the knee. There was a report the other day that God had told him to get some revisionist surgery on his knee because of the scar tissue. And there's all sorts of nonsense around J.K. Dobbins at the minute. And it's, it's yeah, it's upsetting me because I've got him in quite a few. And I love him as a player, but... I just don't know what's going on. What do you make of all this nonsense? Yeah, it's a tough one because he's had so many injuries. And we said last week, I don't know if he, out of all the running backs, I don't know if he's earned a new deal, to be honest. He's not really yet shown what he can be consistently. But I do wonder, as you said, whether this is a contract-related thing. And I think just looking at the situation with Jonathan Taylor, I'd much rather it all be kept in-house and you know, chuck him on the pup list and try and figure it out together rather than slagging each other off in the media and getting agents to talk shit. And it may just be that they're just trying to negotiate and this is just how they're doing it. They're keeping it in house and it'll be activated as and when he's ready, who knows, but it's very um, hush hush about exactly what's going on, which probably not a bad thing, is it? Yeah. I think the Ravens try to do everything like that. And you know, I'm, I'm quite a fan of the Ravens as you know. So yeah, I mean, John Harbaugh is kind of talking it down, but um, yeah, it's just all the all the noise and the nonsense around it really annoys me when I'm quite high on him and I own him in quite a few. But just a quick question for you: Has has God ever advised you to get any surgeries? God, God has never advised me to get any surgeries at all. Um, I know that over in the UK, Daniel Sturridge had this for a while, didn't he? It's uh, wouldn't take his medicine because God was fixing him. I'm not sure that stacks up in the NFL, so. Yeah, might have to keep an eye on this thing. Sounds like a decent sort of medical professional, though, God, doesn't he? Always advising on these injuries. <laughs> and often God gets the credit when they come back as well. Uh, <laughs> all thanks to God. And it's such a weird culture. And I don't think you really get that in the UK. And thanking God and all this sort of carry on. But, you know, whatever keeps them, keeps them happy, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, you'll see a guy do an ACL. And, and one of the first things he might tweet is it's, it's God's plan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all part of God's plan. It's going to trust God. And I don't know. I don't know if that's cutting it really, is it? But uh, yeah, I don't think it, it flies over here at all. We're a bit more, we take the piss in the UK. That's one thing we do very well. I just don't think they do that in the UK, in uh, in the States, do they? Yeah, now we've mocked God. I don't think we're going to get any plays in the US anyway, are we now? No, we're going to be flagged on, um, on, Slate, on Spotify and all that sort of carry on. So uh, let's move on. Yeah. So the next one, um, again, quite running back heavy with the news, but Ramondre Stevenson uh, apparently is not getting a full workload in camp and wasn't sure if he's just being held out a bit because he's a starter, but he was quizzed on this. I don't know if you saw the interview that he gave, but he was a bit, he's a bit shitty. Um, he sort of said to him, you know, why aren't you getting a full workload? He's training away from the first team. Um, sounds very soccer, that doesn't it? Training away from the first team. Uh, but he responded that he doesn't know why. He said, you need to ask Bill Belichick why I'm not, why I'm not playing. Um, very weird. This is a very Patriots thing to do. Ramondre Stevenson comes out and is excellent next year. Everyone gets all in on Stevenson against um, all the advice that you should already know about Patriots running backs. And, and suddenly he's having his workload managed and they're being linked with loads of other running backs. So what are we thinking here? For me, this this just adds to all the red flags around Ramondre Stevenson for this season. I mean, I was never in on him anyway for reasons that you know we've both stated on here before. But he's having his uh, workload cut. They're linked with running backs all the time. I just don't see him ever getting the volume that he got last year, which has shot his value up, and he's, he might never be worth that again, might he? So, 
just red flags around this. They've been linked with Lenny. They've been linked with Zeke and all of these running backs. You've got Pierre Strong. You've got Kevin Harris. You've got Ty Montgomery who can do work. You've got a, a new offensive coordinator in, in Bill O'Brien who has proven to never really use um, a bell cow back. Everything just points the other way for Stevenson. So that likely means he goes off for 2,000 yards, doesn't it? Yeah, likely. I mean, it, it, we've said before, we've never really been that in on him, but his value this summer at a certain point got silly. I mean, he's being rated as like a top, I don't know, top eight running back in dynasty. We're not talking seasonal, we're talking dynasty and people talking about his values too first and stuff. And if you manage to sell for a couple of firsts or, you know, tear down in the market, you probably did really, really well. We didn't because we didn't have him anywhere. But yeah, for me, I think whenever any running back gets to that sort of two first plus sort of value, you need to have a think about it. And if you've held the bag on Stevenson and suddenly he's going to be tanked a little bit more for you. Cause we've seen this in, in new England so many times, you just can't really trust what they're going to do at running back. Can you? Yeah. So uh, just going back to one of the deals for him. So big Davy gray from uh, our NFL group and from first and 10, he got a phenomenal deal for him in our multi-flex league. He, he, he uh, managed to sell Stevenson for Derek Henry and a 23 first. I mean, that's incredible, isn't it? I mean, because Henry's given you at least a year as a running back one, probably again, and you can just go and take the next Stevenson with that first. That's amazing. Tremendous value, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, again, it might all be nonsense. He might end up being the guy, and this might just be Belichick's way of managing it. I don't know, but um, giving shitty answers to reporters about Belichick is not going to go down well with... um, I think he's more miserable than us, in fairness, Belichick. So, yeah, won't be received very well at all. Yeah, Uncle Bill doesn't tend to like that sort of stuff, does he? No, not at all. We're here to play football. That's what his response will be to that. So, yeah, a bit silly from Stevenson. I think Zeke was there for a couple of days and didn't get a deal done, but very, very heavily linked with Zeke. They reckon that um, they worked out a deal with Zeke. They're just waiting on on whether to pull the trigger or not on it. But they reckon that... Um, Things were really good with him and he did well in camp and, and they've worked out a deal numbers-wise. They're just waiting to see whether they are going to pull the trigger, apparently. Apparently, it's it's close. So, I guess we'll see, won't we? Yeah, I think it's all a bit of a domino's effect. Maybe the Jets are waiting on Dalvin Cook because they want to just see how Brees Hall's knee is. And once one of these lads signs, a few dominoes might fall because that will almost set the market for the, the free agent running backs, won't it? If, I don't know if Dalvin Cook gets a, a one-year, eight million quid deal, which I think would be amazing that sort of sets what everyone else wants but um yeah a few dominoes to fall yeah so on to the next piece of news so uh, our old friend michael thomas he now thinks he's a hundred percent in camp so it's taken him three years to get to a hundred percent i mean you and i i think have had a have had a gut full of michael thomas because it started out as, a, as an ankle sprain didn't it and it's just escalated and escalated and last year we saw he hopes to be back and this year, where he hopes to be at 100%. And it's all been based off of an ankle sprain, has it? I mean, I know these things are obviously worse, but that's not going to stop you and I slandering him, is it? No, definitely not. And I've still got him, I think, in one or two, just so I can't get anything near to value. But I just don't believe him. He's been saying he's at 100% for the last two or three seasons. And I mean, what's he played? 10 games in the last three years? Um, I just don't. And he'll be the wide receiver two there now, probably with uh, Alave as the one. I just don't think it's it's worth the price you're going to have to pay because, I mean, I got out on him in one of our leagues to our, our good friend Alex, who's a Saints fan. He kindly gave me a 25 second. Um, I know it's a year away, but I, I was very pleased to get the second. Probably worth the upside for him as well as a Saints fan. But 
I don't believe him at all. No interest whatsoever. Until we see it, I just I think he's shot to pieces, isn't he? Yeah, I got him in um in a couple of startups just because he was so so cheap at the back end of, of drafts. I think I got him really really cheap. Um, if he doesn't work out, it's not so so much of a big deal that I've taken him late in drafts. So I'll just get some other guy. But um, I drafted him away. I think in the one league where I did have him in, and I got him in a deal a couple of years ago. But I I traded him this week in the um in the thoughts and prayers that we've got league. Um, part of that um Amon Rasant Brown deal. I think I sent Thomas. DJ Moore, a second, and um, Chiga Conquo for Amon Rasant Brown. So, yeah, I just included him as part of a deal, really. That's unlike you to, to be robbing people in leagues, mate. That's um, that's good of you. That's slander. That's slander. You can't be saying that. <laughs> that's a lovely, a lovely. Yeah, I'm looking now. Michael Thomas, DJ Moore, 24 second, and Chiga Conquo for Amon Rasant Brown. I mean, I think breaking that one down, DJ Moore got a lot of value really getting hyped the second's nice chigs are okay but this isn't a tight end premium league and thomas is a throw in isn't it just to get him off your roster and free up room for a waiver guy to come in yeah i think i've got rashid shaheed as well who i'm quite enthusiastic about so yeah it was just nice all round, really yeah nice uh, well the next bit of news is um touched in it earlier with uh the chiefs isaiah pacheco apparently back in training by the 20th of august and this is a weird one. I sort of convinced myself that I was slightly in on Pacheco at value. I picked him up in a couple of startups and you and I spoke about him, but missed quite a lot of time um, with quite a few injuries. I think it was an ankle. It was a wrist. It was an arm. It was all sorts of stuff going on. And by the time he comes back, he's missed a lot of camp and he's not really got the draft capital to, to do that. I think they could still be interested in the, the free agent running back market. So yeah, I'm tentatively sort of looking at Pacheco and seeing what he's going to be when he comes back. But I don't know. It could go either way. I think his problem is that he's such a violent runner, isn't he? I think his, his injuries were wrist and shoulder and he just gets banged up because he runs so tough and he, he's quite a violent runner, isn't he? But um, if we're talking Chiefs running backs, there's only one guy that I want to talk about now in future and you know who that is. So um, leave me out unless it's him. Yeah, you're convinced that Daenerys Prince is the uh, the next RB1, aren't you? So he's been looking good in camp though. Um, I've read the other day he got um, some reps with Pat Mahomes and I mean... I've never seen someone so happy as you that he, he was just on the pitch with Mahomes. So um, yeah, we'll see. I'm still riding for our boy Clyde. I'm, I'm not letting it go. I, I think he's got a year left on his deal. They're not going to take the fifth year option, obviously. Um, we'll see. I did. Uh, I did really enjoy your message back about a few little reps of Mahomes, and here you are, victory lapping, pathetic. <laughs> yeah, it was, I thought, unbelievable. You're you're on fantasy Twitter now. He got two snaps in camp with Mahomes, and you, you sent it straight as a message to me, didn't you? So, in fairness to you, you did call Daenerys Prince very, very early um, when he was completely off the radars. And I think you said to me, didn't you? Have you seen Daenerys Prince? He's available in a couple of leagues, and I added him where you didn't have the space. And yeah, again, we joke and stuff, but you have to look ahead, and you called him quite early, and he's going to have a role, isn't he? Particularly if Pacheco's not ready to go early in the season, he's the sort of profile that could be that early down grinder back, even for a few games. Yeah, I mean, I, it was in our rookie league when I'm, all my taxi was full and all my squad was full, and I just said to you, go and pick up Daneric Prince, because I think he could be something. And in fairness, you listened to your boy for the first time ever and, and went and picked him up. I did. I'm, I'm pretty cut him in, in a few weeks' time when he doesn't make the 53, <laughs> but um, I appreciate the shout all the same. So do you want to take us through the uh, the Hall of Fame game last night? 
Yeah, so the Hall of Fame game, I wasn't allowed to stay up for it, as we all know. So, um, But football is back. Uh, Hall of Fame game, the Jets third stringers against the Browns third stringers, but it ends up the Jets 16, Browns 21. So I don't think anyone cares about the score, do they? But nice to see some football back. And I think there's a few players that might be worth having a talk about, isn't there? Yeah, all we care about is the potential fantasy relevant players. And, and from that, we had a couple of performances from some of our boys, didn't we? So I'll, I'll let you start with the first guy. Yes, the first guy, um, Izzy Abanakanda. We've spoken a bit about the Jets and what they're going to do at running back. And I think the reason we're not that interested in or don't understand why they're going for Dalvin Cook is they've got a nice little blend. And Abanakanda breaks off for a, quite a decent touchdown running, didn't he? And looked like a, had a decent bit of burst there. So always good to see a touchdown on your, on your debut. What did you make of Abanakanda? Yeah, I mean, it was like we only literally saw the touchdown, but he, he, like you say, he does look like he's got some speed. He broke to the outside, didn't he? And he managed to get to the pylon. And yeah, he, he looked like he had some good speed. I mean, we, we couldn't really tell much from it, but always nice for the uh, rookie to get that on board, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, his, um, you know, his yards per carry weren't great. I think he averaged three, but who cares? It's a a practice game. I don't think you can read into that at all, but he definitely showed a bit of burst there and it was quite nice, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine the linemen they're putting out for these games. Don't they, they work in the canteen back at the facility, don't they? The big lads in the line for this one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, he, he definitely, he led the, um, the Russian attempt. So I think it was him and Travis Dyer, who was a, a guy that I did pick up in one of our rookie drafts ages ago, but he's a, a bit of a mess. So I ended up cutting him. But um, yeah, him and Travis Dyer got nine carries each and, a lad, um, Demera Crockett, who I think I've recognised his name from before. I'm sure that you've uh, picked him up at some stage. Yeah, he was on the uh, Houston Texans and a few years ago. He um, he worked in Miami with Tubbs as well on um, on Miami Vice. So, um, yeah, he's, he's come on a bit since then. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Well, talk, talk through the next guy. Yeah, so um, Cedric Tillman. So um, we've, I've kind of liked him coming out of uh, a Tennessee. I mean, it, I would have taken him over Jalen Hyatt. Both of them come out of Tennessee. He was regarded as the wide receiver one, really, there until he got injured um, in his last year and, and sort of Hyatt took over. But I'm quite high on Cedric Tillman. And, yeah, he, he, um, he had a couple of nice grabs, didn't he, um, last night? He looked really good with his route running and everything looked positive around him, didn't he? He, he broke off the corner back and pushed him off and made a really good catch and everything was very positive, wasn't it? Yeah, he was, he was getting a few grabs and I think in a, in a real game that would have been pass interference really. But, you know, his route running was looking really good and, you know, he cut back and, yeah, I quite like what we saw from Tillman. And probably a year away from really being effective because I think Cooper's probably going to be the one there and obviously our boy Elijah Moore is doing really well. But um, in a year's time, Cooper might not be on the roster. So, yeah, you might want to move for Tillman sort of sooner than later really because he's going to start getting a bit more buzz as soon as he gets on the field isn't he yeah I mean DPJ I think his contract's up as well so DPJ and Cooper could be gone and you could be looking at something like Tillman and Moore moving ahead yeah absolutely so um yeah nice to see again can't read too much into it um other than what I'm about to do so uh gonna have a little bit of a victory lap talking about you and your generic prince uh my boy DTR Dorian Thompson Robinson um looked absolutely brilliant last night didn't he for a rookie in in again a bit of a exhibition game but he looked really really good very accurate um showed a lot of rushing upside um dropped a really decent block as well so I was really impressed with him there was one drive in particular I think he put up 93 yards in one drive uh to to get the team down the field and for a touchdown so I really like uh, DTR as a, an upside play. Again, we don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. 
who knows when the next case is going to come. But um, I still think he's worth a stash, isn't he? Yeah, he looked really promising. I mean, I, I didn't mind him in the draft process. You were quite high on him, but um, yeah, he looked very promising last night. The I think it was 11 plays for 93 yards, wasn't it, the touchdown? And he just looked really poised, composed, rushed when he needed to. And yeah, like you said, put the block in for the touchdown. And he looked very, very, uh, very promising. And uh, even even the big baby was uh, was nice about him, wasn't he? Yeah, I saw that at the end and Aaron Rodgers, I don't know if this is him just getting a bit old and softening up a little bit or he's just playing up to the New York media. But yeah, Aaron Rodgers came up to DTR at the end and sort of gave him a bit of a pat on the back and said that he looked really good and did the whole sort of taking photos type thing. It was a bit of a nice moment. I don't know if I think it's genuine from Rodgers, but I mean, if you're DTR, you're probably over the moon, aren't you? He's probably been watching Rodgers for years in college and he comes out and, and does that in his first game. So yeah, he's a project DTR, but he's definitely one to, to watch because he looked brilliant. And the blocking stuff, you don't really want your your franchise quarterback throwing in massive blocks in preseason, but probably gets him a few mates in the locker room, doesn't it? If you're willing to block for your, your boy and help them score, that sort of stuff goes down well, doesn't it? Yeah, other players and coordinators love that. I mean, they don't really want to see him doing it because, as you said, it's a quarterback, but they do really, really like that sort of thing, don't they? They're massive on that. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think I kept him in too many places just because I didn't really like the landing spot behind Watson. But he could be a project lad. And, you know, if Watson misses any time, been out for a couple of years, don't forget, for, for various reasons we don't need to get into. But could be a bit rusty, could be a bit raw. And all it takes is a little knock and suddenly DTR's playing. So in Superflex leagues, I think he's got a little bit of value, isn't he? And, you know, he, he might be one of these guys that plays for a couple of years and, and gets a little move and, and gets some games. So, yeah, really promising um, debut for a guy that was quite high in the process. So, very pleased. Yeah, stick him on your taxi if he's if he's out there and uh, and wait and see how, what happens within a year. Yeah, very weird. Um, not sort of discussed this one, really, but Demetric Felton um, was the sort of lead rusher for the Browns last night as well, which um, I suppose it's third stringers. They're not going to start rolling out Jerome Ford and Nick Chubb in these games, but... Felton's more of a sort of a converted wide receiver, so you expect him to do well in the receiving game. But actually, he led the team in in rushing attempts, averaging six point six yards an attempt last night. So I don't think it's one to to monitor at all, but just interesting. Yeah, I think he'll be their pass catching back. I mean, the big surprise coming out of it last night was that they didn't even want to use Jerome Ford, which kind of suggests that he's he's a first team player now, doesn't it? Yeah, you're right. Actually, yeah, I think a year or so ago they might have just rolled out Ford and and you know, let him take the touches, but he didn't get a look at all. So as you said, they're obviously certain about what they've got. It's going to be the Chubb show, Ford mixing in when they need to. And I suppose these games are about seeing who's the the third in line, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Jerome Ford's a little bit of a victory lap for us, really, because we we was pushing him a while back now, wasn't we? Yeah, it was March time. I think it was in very early episodes of this pod. So um, yeah, here we are five months later. And uh, I think Ford's moved up several rounds in ADP and, can't quite victory lap yet because he's not really done anything. But again, backing up arguably the best pure runner in the league and he's going to get some work. So, um, yeah, just pleased to have football back, though. So, uh, nice, isn't it? Yeah, it's not going to stop me victory lapping. He might not have done anything yet, but he didn't play in the Hall of Fame game and that's that's a win for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's tragic, isn't it? We victory lap a player for not playing. Um, that's the first. So, um, we'll take it. Good. Yeah, 100%. So, um, we're just going to move on to a couple of trades. Um we was going to do trades that either of us have completed this week, but Sean's not managed to get any through, so it's a couple of my ones. But um, 
So in our PCHDL uh, Dynasty Superflex League, it was actually our first ever Dynasty League. I think it's been running for six years now. Is it, Sean? Six years? I think it must be six, seven years. It's been a long time. So, um, yeah, it's uh, the home league, I think, really, isn't it, for Dynasty for us? Yeah, so I gave away Russell Wilson, Alexander Matteson, Calvin Ridley and Darren Waller for Justin Fields and Luke Musgrave. So a bit of a bit of a risky one for me um I really wanted Justin Fields and I'm obviously a Bears fan as well I want him for that reason um Darren Waller went because I've literally got Mark Andrews and Pat Frymuth and and Kay Dotton as well so Musgrave will be my fourth tight end now and he's got a bit of potential there but um Russ Wilson obviously a little bit of an older quarterback I just wanted to um get younger in age at quarterback and I wanted my hometown boy um Matteson I just don't know um, how he's going to wind out of the Vikings. He could have a big role this year, but going forward, I'm not so sure. And obviously on the older side for a running back, Calvin Ridley we'll speak about um, a little bit later on, but um, he's 28 years old going into his age 29 season, I believe. So just getting the value out of him where I could. And obviously Darren Waller was my um, third tight end behind Andrews and, and Frymuth. So I just saw the chance to move on some older pieces and, and get my hometown quarterback and, and a potential tight end. But um, how do you see the trade? Yeah, I think at first I thought it was, um, it was a nice trade for you actually, because I think fields is clearly the the highest value dynasty asset here in Superflex leagues. It's, and a, ma- it's a massive, gamble, plays- massive gamble on fields and I've paid for him at his peak value. So it is a gamble from me, I think. It is, it is definitely a gamble. I sort of can see why you did it. I think looking at what you've given away, and I think in context, your side here is brilliant. You've been, I think you did one trade about four or five years ago that has just set you up to, to be brilliant for years and can't even remember what it was. I think you paid a, a second and Derek Carr for, I don't know, Tom Brady, Christian McCaffrey and, you know, Devontae Adams. It was it was rubbish. So, um, yes, you've dominated that league for a while. But I think you're giving up a lot of... Um, sort of one to two year players aren't you really and it could it's gone to our our mate David Gray Russ Wilson you know the ceiling's still there and you know who knows how long he's got left if he doesn't hit again this year they might start looking at that Madison I think could be fine this year but it's probably a one year player Ridley could be brilliant but as you said age 29 season couple of years at most and Darren Waller's 30 31 so um yeah you've given away a lot of uh, short-term value players that could make Dave a competitor and you've gambled and rolled the dice on on a long-term dynasty quarterback. So I sort of get it from both sides to a degree. If you win, I think you win it big. Um, but yeah, initially I thought um, it was a mad one, but I can I can see it actually. Looking at it on paper, I think it makes sense. And Luke Musgrave's the throw-in, but we both like Musgrave. I think he's um, a bit of a value at tight end. Yeah, so the way I approached it was I, I, I wanted to, sort of move on from Russ and get younger at quarterback and I saw the chance there with Dave and like I, I obviously wanted Fields because I'm, I'm a Bears fan but I have paid peak value for Fields but the thing was that Dave didn't have a lot of um, wide receivers so I thought Ridley gave him some nice experience at wide receiver to play and rely on I think he's got a lot of younger guys there he also didn't have a lot of tight end I think there was a lot of young guys and rookies and, and upside guys so Waller and Ridley will probably go straight into his starting eleven, and he's. I think a couple of his running backs are injured, and Madison gives him some some depth there as well. So I always look at the other people's rosters and what they might need, and try and work around that. And I don't think a lot of people approach it that way, do they? No, that's that's a really good way of looking at it because if it hits, I mean, 
Russ Wilson, I know people are a bit out on him, but he could be a top top 12 quarterback this year quite easily, really, if it hits right. So he could be a quarterback one. Madison, we've seen in, in small samples, can be a running back one. It's whether he can do it over a full season. Ridley, again, could be a wide receiver one. And I think Darren Waller's almost guaranteed to be a tight end one. So suddenly Dave's got four starting players who are all top 12 in their position, albeit for a short term. So, yeah, you've paid a lot, but I can sort of get it, really. I was also happy to roll the dice because I've got two 24 firsts and they are potentially higher picks as well. So it was kind of a an ideal time to gamble, really, because I've got those picks as backup, really. That was also my thinking as well. Yeah, well, I'll talk us through uh, your next one. This is in another league. We've got the Julian Edelman uh, Dynasty League. This is one of the first in 10 leagues that, that Dave runs and does a really good job with all of those, always um, processing everything really well. So you uh, gave up George Pickens, Jalen Hyatt, Devon A-Chain, Juwan Johnson, and a third for Jalen Waddle. I'll be honest, mate, I'm not even going to let you talk about this one. I, I nearly called the police myself. This was proper robbery, wasn't it? I don't, honestly don't think it is. I mean... I think, come on, come on. No. It's me, it's me. You can tell me. No, no, I honestly don't think it is. I think this one is fairly... I mean, Hyatt... Um, Jalen Hyatt could be really, really good for the Giants. Devon, Devon A. Chain could be amazing at running back for the Dolphins. Juwan Johnson's a really good value player at tight end. He needed a tight end. George Pickens could be amazing. And Jalen Waddle is probably the wide receiver too at the Dolphins right now, isn't he? So... I think this one, there's a little bit of a gamble from me on this one as well because I've given up quite a lot of rookie talent and young talent as well. So, yeah, for me, this one was a, a bit of a gamble as well. But I just, I'm quite high on Waddle this year, so I just wanted a piece of him. And yeah, I've given up pickings as I've mentioned concerns around him and Hyatt is, is like a deep ball guy. But I just, yeah, I think it probably weighs out really um, number wise. What, what don't you like about it? I mean, if I look at this, George Pickens, we sort of weren't sure what his value was. Probably a late first. Jalen Hyatt probably went in the third round of rookie drafts. He's not moved much. He's probably, I don't know, a second. Devon A. Chain was probably taken early second, weren't he? This is not a tight end premium league. So Johnson, he's fine. But I think he's in terms of actual value, he's quite worthless, really, in a not tight end premium league. And the thirds are throwing. So you've basically paid a late first maybe a, an early and a mid-second for Jalen Waddle. That's my issue. I, I mean, you don't even believe what you're saying, do you? I don't think. This is unbelievable. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you're stuttering. You, you're, you're fuming. No, I'm, I'm, um, I mean, it's a nice deal. <laughs> I can get it. I do understand it. And, like, again, I think what it does show, though, is that just throw offers out. You don't know. As long as you're not taking the piss and being really disrespectful and sending complete rubbish... You know, it's definitely worth throwing these offers out because if you don't send that, you're not going to get it accepted, are you? And I can see it. I mean, I do like George Pickens' upside. Jalen Hyatt, we've spoken, could be a very, you know, bit of a boom-bust player, but his highs could very well be a... I mean, his ceiling could be like a Hollywood Brown-type level, which is fine. And as you said, if if uh, Dalvin Cook doesn't land in Miami, A-Chain could be excellent this year. So, I mean, you, it could work out, but I think in terms of value, you've done really, really well getting a player that you're very high on suddenly, Jalen Waddle. Yeah, I do really like Waddle for this season, but I, I, I don't know where you think that I'm winning this by my. I think this one's fairly even, to be honest. I'm not even saying it for the pod because I know Craig listens, but yeah, I, I think this is fairly even. I, I know he's happy with his end of it, and I'm happy with mine. I just, I've given up quite a lot of capital there for me. I think, I think A Chain could end up being a late first. I think Hyatt was taken in the second and Pickens is a 
is a back end first as well. So I think I've given up quite a lot for Waddle, who could be the wide receiver too and could bust. He's had injuries before. So it's a gamble on both sides, to be honest. You're just trying to wind me up to, I think. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. I do, I do see it from both sides, actually. And I think it just really comes down to how much do you believe in, in sort of the upside of, of Craig's side that he's getting here. And, you know, if they all hit, again, does very well. And I suppose that's part of trading. You know, you have to take a gamble. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, you know, you roll again, don't you, next year? Yeah, definitely. So let's talk about um, one player in Dynasty's uh, value right now. Uh, it seems to be all over the place. We've had talks in our, in the, uh, our NFL group this week and everyone seems to be all over the place on his value. But um, Calvin Ridley, talk to me. Yeah, this is a weird one for me. I think we've all received an offer of Calvin Ridley for one of our lads in a certain league this year. And we got chatting, didn't we, about what we think it's worth and... I think there was a bit of a disagreement. People couldn't work it all out. And I don't know. I think it really depends on, do you need a starting wide receiver and can you afford to gamble? I mean, I received an offer of a Calvin Ridley for my Elijah Moore and my third. Um, I lost in the final last year. Um, so it's late third. I mean, Elijah Moore for Calvin Ridley. I'm a competing side. I've arguably got the strongest side there. I was tempted but I just didn't like the one-year rental for Calvin Ridley, and I decided to keep my Elijah Moore. Um, but I can see it the other way. I mean, what, what are you thinking about Ridley? What is his actual paper value, not player for player? But is he is he worth a good first? I mean, what are you thinking? Um, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd want to pay a first for him. I, I wouldn't want to. From your side for that deal, I wouldn't have wanted to give up Elijah Moore for him. I know you might see some more sort of um, guarantee of uh, volume for him in Jacksonville, but I think. Elijah Moore is going to get plenty of volume this year and we still don't know how Ridley's going to come back from almost two years, well, he's two years out of the game really because he missed a year with the Falcons and then obviously missed a year because he was betting on the horses. But um, yeah, I just don't know what we can expect from him. I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to be really good. But if he's if he's good for one season, then he's, what is he, 29 next year or entering his age 30 season? I just don't think the value's there for him long term. And you're looking at a one-year rental with, with Ridley, aren't you? And I think um, Luca posted in our group about he was offered Ridley for Pittman. And I think then Alex said he'd take that all day long. But I wouldn't be taking... Um, I'm a Pittman man there, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd be taking Pittman in that deal all day long. So it just shows the difference in value that people see around players. I mean... I mean, Geordie Mick as well was quick to point out that uh, like 28-29 doesn't mean he's finished. And probably in the modern game, it doesn't. But um, yeah, I just don't think there's the, the value in Ridley that people think there is right now. I do think he's going to be good. But yeah, just for me, I'm not sure the value's there. Yeah, and I think this was prompted by he limped out of practice the other day and people panicked, but he was back the next day, weren't he? And I don't think it was an issue. I mean, for context, the reason I didn't take that deal, Ridley, for more, because I, I could talk myself into accepting it, but my wide receiver call there, I've got Justin Jefferson, C.D. Lamb, Amon Ra, St. Brown, T. Higgins and Terry McLaurin. So I didn't need Ridley. I think if you needed a, a one-year starting guy to maybe put you over the top and compete, I, I could see it, but... I mean, arguably, I wouldn't even start Ridley out of those five receivers. He'd be my wide receiver six. So just didn't make sense for me. Uh, when it comes to Pittman, I mean, I've got Pittman miles over Ridley. It's dynasty, not um, not redraft. Yeah, so just going back to your wide receivers in that league, they are an absolute joke. And I'm probably um, like a contending side in that league. And one of my, um, I guess one of the reasons behind the Jalen Waddle trade for me in that league 
is I'm trying to load up on really, really good elite receivers just to try and compete with you in that league. So, yeah, what that was part of the thinking behind Waddle is you've got so many of them. I've got to try and get the other lot of really good receivers to try and compete. But I know you're a little bit less with running back there, and I've got quite good running backs in that league. So um could be me and you near the top of there, hopefully, this year. I think Craig's got a decent side as well, so it could be a battle of the uh, the NFL Twitter group, couldn't it? Yeah, it really could be. And, you know, that's a side that I think you took over a really dreadful orphan. I think Craig did the same and, and so did I. I joined the, the league, I think, three years ago. And the lad just before me had just spent my first round pick on, um, who was it, Nick Foles, I think. And uh, I inherited this absolute mess and had to rebuild the whole thing. And I just got very lucky through the drafts over the years. And I picked up Justin Jefferson at 110 in a Superflex league. Brilliant. I mean, this, I don't think I've ever seen this. I've got Justin Herbert in a Superflex League at 2.02. Wow. Um, and that has just really set my team. I did have Christian McCaffrey was the only player I inherited on this orphan. A lot of people try and ride out somebody like a McCaffrey. This was three years ago, so at peak value. I moved McCaffrey for C.D. Lamb, J.K. Dobbins, and a first, which became Justin Fields. Um, which, you know, looking back, got Justin Fields, C.D. Lamb, and J.K. Dobbins for McCaffrey. I'm very pleased with that, so... Yeah, it's a bit of a process rebuild, and you've done the same. You inherited a bit of a shit side, and now you're looking at competing. So um, it can be done. Just you need to hit, and you need to go through the process, don't you? Really, in these rebuilds. Yeah. So your starting eleven in that in well, your starting team in that league is really, really good, isn't it? Just talk. Just go. Have you got it up at the minute or not? Just go for your. Yeah, I have, and your starting your starting team is a joke. To be fair, yeah, it is, and it's one that historically I've been a big running back fan, but this is a league where my running backs aren't that strong, but they're fine and they're good. So my starting lineup here, I've got Justin Herbert, at quarterback, Damian Pierce and Rashad White at running back, Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, Amon Ra St. Brown at wide receiver, Evan Engram at tight end, T Higgins, Terry McLaurin as my flex receivers, Justin Fields as my second quarterback. So I've just got a really solid start and my depth isn't amazing. But I've got players like uh, Miles Sanders, Antonio Gibson, Elijah Moore, Chigakonku that can sort of come in and do a bit of a job. So depth probably isn't the best, but I think in terms of starting lineups, it's one of my favourite favourite teams, actually. So talk me through your, your rebuild. How'd you look in there? So if I can put my strongest side out, it'd be uh, Deshaun Watson at quarterback, uh, Drake London, Michael Pittman, Jalen Waddell, my um, three starting wide receivers, Bijan Robinson, Bijan Robinson and Brees Hall at running back. T.J. Hawkinson at tight end, and then I've got flex positions of Marquise Brown, J.K. Dobbins, and my other quarterbacks, Dak Prescott. So it's not bad, but it's it's nowhere it's nowhere near the uh, the quality of your one. My, my my bench is not bad. I've got Jamison Williams obviously on a six game ban. Isaiah Spiller in case he takes off. Sky Moore, Ty Chandler, uh, D.P.J., uh, Khalil Herbert, Khalil Shakir. Jalen Warren and my only real backup quarterback is Sam Howell right now. I've got Andy Dalton and Davis Mills, so I've got uh, Sam Laporta as well, which I like. But um, yeah, it's not it's not as strong as I want it to be, really. Yeah, I mean your running back's a lot better than mine, though, and you know. Um, but I think it just goes to show that we both inherited these dreadful orphans, and I think it took me about two years to really turn it around. It's probably about the same for you, isn't it? It took you probably a couple of years to get to this spot, but. Yeah, it can be done, and it's quite fun. When you inherit an orphan in the right league, it's really fun to rebuild. I've got one orphan that I inherited, and I thought, yeah, I'll rebuild that really easy. But actually, the people in the league don't don't chat, they don't trade, and my team's still crap two years later, and I just can't do anything about it. 
um, which is driving me mad. I won't leave, but um, I've thought about it. Yeah, they're the worst leagues when you're sort of trying to tank a team or, or, or get some value back and, and nobody trades or you just get nonsense offers. And yeah, them leagues are no fun, are they? Because no one wants to be losing forever. But you're, you're trying to lose with purpose and, and trying to turn it around and you just can't get any action out of the league. They're the worst types of leagues, those are. Yeah, I'm stuck with one. I mean, the last couple of years, I've picked up Bijan at the 101. I think I've got Trevor Lawrence at the 101. It's just been one of those leagues where I'm always 101 and it's going to take a while, but um, I don't want Bijan on the worst side in the league. I just don't want him, but nobody will pay. So I'll pick him and be stubborn and, and hopefully some will pay up at some point. But uh, yeah, got to keep active, keep throwing your offers out, as you said, and it can work in the rebuild. So I think, yeah, it look forward to challenging you in that league for... Um, for the title yeah it could be me you and Craig up there and another, there's another guy in there that was there last year is it the created username guy I think it might be the four of us up there hopefully yeah yeah so there's um, a few strong sides there so looking forward to it. that's one that I say I, I blame it on Damar Hamlin but um, yeah I got smashed in the final I think Kirk Cousins put up a two or something it was one of those weird weird weeks you, you work so hard for the whole season get to the final and you get a couple of lads throw up two points it's um infuriating but we, we've all been there yeah we all keep coming back as well we love it really don't we too right too right well i think that's probably us this week isn't it yeah that concludes us this week uh just um, we'll be back next week with uh, more news from from camp and and some more dynasty football based content but um please don't forget to rate and review our podcast on apple podcast um podcast is also available to download on most popular podcast platforms including spotify and apple podcasts we are available on Twitter at AdjustRanks. We'll be back next week. Until then, my office is fully open. And as, as always, league winners are still available at my facility. <laughs> <laughs>